Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hey, we're continuing our series today entitled Good Eyes. Someone say good eyes. I want to have good eyes. Jesus talked about good eyes. He also talked about unhealthy eyes. And and you know, this, this term good eyes really is a, uh, it's a Jewish cultural phrase that was used in the ancient world and continues to be used today. I mentioned last week, if you were here, that I was in Israel a couple of years ago and I was sitting at a table with some locals. Hello, some Jewish people. How many of you know it's always better to be around locals when you're somewhere else that's not your house, right? Your home. So I'm sitting around the table with some Jewish locals, and they got to talking, and, and they began to tell a story of a gentleman in the community who was just so full of generosity, who was a, he was a, a, a layman, he was a businessman, and, and he was contributing through uh, helping with his business, helping the homeless, and providing a, a, a rehabilitation center, and they just were like, man, this guy is such an awesome guy, and, and I remember one of them said, yeah, he's got really good eyes, really good eyes. And I was intrigued. And I asked, what, is that, what does that mean, he has good eyes? And they kind of chuckled and they said, well, uh, JF, that term refers to that man understanding just how good God has been to him and understanding just how, through the love of God, he's experienced this tremendous, overwhelming sense of gratitude, and his response is simply loving somebody else, being generous. So, so it's this process of, 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 of being thankful for all that God has, and, and the, the response to that is generosity. And this is, this is who we're called to be. This is what we're called to do. And so as we're in this month of November, which culturally is kind of a, 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 a month of thanksgiving, we're talking about gratitude. I thought it'd be important to talk a little bit about one of those key values that we have here at Church for All Nations, gratefulness, I wanted to unpack the value of that and how it applies to us. And Jesus was very clear. And in fact, he talks about it. Our anchor passage of scripture for this entire series comes out of Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, which is referred to as the greatest sermon ever told, ever given, the Sermon on the Mount. I wanna read it. This is our anchor verse where the Lord is talking about these good eyes. Let me read it. Verse 19. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, verse 22. This is what we're talking about in this series. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Jesus is saying that our gratitude determines our perspective on everything, and it affects every aspect and facet of our lives. It affects affects our health. It affects our attitudes. It affects the impact that we have on other people. It affects how we contribute 
to our communities. I'm telling you, the way you see things determines everything. And if you're willing to open up to the idea of living a life full of gratitude, Jesus is clear that your eyes will be healthy, which will light, light will, will infuse your entire being. It affects every part of your spiritual soul. So the question is, not only how do we, how do we pursue that, how do we live more like that, but what are some of the pitfalls, what, what are the things that get in the way of us living lives full of gratitude? Because I'll be the first one to say it. There's been times in my life, never, not anymore, never. There's never times now in my life. No, that's a lie. Okay. But there, there, every once in a while, there's some, there's some things that get in the way of me living with good eyes. They're called pitfalls. And, and we, when we talked, we, we, we started this conversation last week. And I, and I mentioned, if you remember, by the way, if you weren't here, make sure you check out the podcast. It's just great con content there. But I talked about one of the pitfalls of missing out on this life full of gratitude, that is a healing component, by the way, is focus. If, 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 we, if, we, if we lose our focus, we can miss out. It can be a pitfall. It can lead us in the wrong direction. If our focus isn't right, right, then we can miss out on this. And, and we're using these vision-type terms, vision-type terms, focus. Today, I want to talk about another pitfall. If you're taking notes, I, I want to talk about this idea of being spiritually nearsighted. <laughs> Just write that down. The, the pitfall of missing out on the healing um, salve, if you will, of gratitude is this spiritual nearsightedness. Sometimes the whole nearsighted and farsighted thing can be confusing. But here's the thing. When you're nearsighted, it means you can only clearly see what is near you. Everything else is blurry. Everything else in the distance is, is a fog to you. The only thing that you're really seeing clearly is your little circle around you, right? And, and this can become a pitfall. Uh, when, when I was in college, a, a group of us friends uh, went on a camping trip. And uh, one of our friends, she had some, she had some uh, nearsighted issues with her vision. And I remember we were, you know, we just gotten there and we kind of put the tents up and doing the whole thing. And we're just kind of hanging out and stuff. And, and I remember I, I saw her kind of off in the distance and, I saw, and she was doing one of these things. She was going, here, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Come on. Come on, kitty, 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 kitty. Kitty, kitty, kitty. And I'm like, why would there be a domesticated cat in the middle of the woods, and I, and I look up, and here, 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 kitty, 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 and I see this big, huge raccoon coming right at her, man. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, Jenny, get away, it's a raccoon. She's like, oh, it's a cat. And all of a sudden, this raccoon, she's like, wah, she got a freak out. It is a raccoon, right? Nearsightedness. It, it, it's, it's when we can only really clearly see rights in, right in front of us, and everything else is like a fog. It's like, it's like blurry. And here's the thing. When you're only seeing what is near you, when you're only seeing what is right in front of you, not being able to see what's coming up in the distance, this can keep you from living a life of gratuity. If you're, if you're only seeing right here 
and not seeing all of that out there, you can miss out. It, it can become a pitfall of living a life of gratefulness. And this is not easy because, you see, when you follow Jesus, there's times where things appear to be blatantly against you. You know what I'm talking about? It's like there's this moments where it's like, whoa, I, I, I can feel it. I feel like everything's against me right now. And in fact, the Apostle Paul, he faced this on quite numerous times. In fact, there's a story in Acts chapter 16 that I want to tell today. Acts, Acts 16, we'll start in verse 22, where he's facing this situation and in Acts, he gives this account, and, and, and it's really the story of Paul and Silas, and they've, they've been f- falsely imprisoned. And I'm, we're going to kind of read through it and talk through it. But we're talking about being near, a spiritually nearsighted, where we miss out on what's going on out there because we can only really see our little comfort zone, our little circle around us. Look at verse 22 of Acts chapter 16. It says this, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Verse 24. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So it just just went from bad to really bad. So these poor guys have been beaten up. Now they're being thrown in, into the very, like, like the pit of the prison, and they're put into stocks, which was reserved for the worst of the worst. So I'm just kind of creating the scene here, right? So if you're taking notes, write these down. Number one, I, I want to talk about how do we keep from being nearsighted pertaining to our gratitude? Here's the first one, that is make a choice to be grateful for his possible positioning. Just write that down. Make a choice to be grateful for his possible positioning. Consider that God might be using what you're walking through to position you for your next assignment. You have to look beyond what is right in front of you and ask yourself, is there a possibility that God might, be, might use what's taking place in my life right now? It can affect everything. In fact, what feels hard in the moment, there's a really good chance that he's preparing you for your next assignment. There's a really good chance that he's actually making you stronger because he knows what you're about to face. And if you're not strong enough, you may not be able to get through it. Understand and be grateful Because the positioning that you currently are standing in might just be preparing you. Ash and I live in University Place, and we live across from, down the street from Chambers Bay, you know, the the, the park there. We like to walk that three-mile circle all the time. And I don't know, was it last week? Last week, we were were walking the circle, and we were coming up, we were kind of at the end of our walk, and we were coming up those switchbacks, those, you know, like the really steep hill, you know what I'm talking about? And as we were coming down, no joke, there was this full-grown man, okay, an adult man, all right, carrying 
a full-size Labrador retriever down the hill. Now think about that for a second. So we're coming up the hill and a full-grown man who probably pays taxes and his rent, might have some kids, coming down the, down the hill carrying an adult. Is that not funny? I, I think that's a full yellow lab coming down. The, and like Ash and I just stopped. We were like, this is, and, he, and like he went all the way down. I was like, and the dog just kind of like, you know, it's like got the tongue out and just living the dream, man. And Ashley, Ashley looked at me. She's like, there's a, there's a sermon illustration there somewhere. There's somewhere, right? And we got to talking about it. And, and here's my sermon illustration connected to it, pertaining to what the content. And that is, aren't we like that with God sometimes? Where we expect God to literally carry us all the stinking way along and we contribute nothing. There's like this subconscious expectation that we have towards the Heavenly Father where it's like, I thought you were going to handle the whole thing for me on your own and I wouldn't have to do anything. But that's, but that's not how it works. We partner with the Father. Does he have our backs? Of course he does. Does he protect us? Of course he does. Does he provide for us? Of course he does. But there's times that are alive where he allows things to happen to us to actually make our spiritual muscles stronger, to teach us new lessons, to help us discover who we are and the strength that he's put inside of us, right? But we want, we want to like be enabled, man. Put the dog down and let him walk on his own. Make a choice. Make a choice to be grateful for his possible positioning. He's positioning you. I want you to know that, 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 that every, every plan that he has for you is specific. It's intentional. If you can begin to think like that, oh, I'm, I'm walking through this weird, tough season right now. If you could change your mind and be grateful for the adversity. Now, I'm not being naive, okay? I, this isn't like pull it together and be grateful because you're because you're, you're, you're you know you lost your job. I'm not saying all of that. I, I I know the realities of life and the pain that comes, but man, if we can kind of shift in the middle of our pain, kind of shift our perspective. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm I'm trying to help you get through it. Right? Some pointers to get through it. Be grateful for as possible. Here's a second one. Make a choice to be grateful for how he will possibly use the situation for others. Good or bad, make a choice to be grateful for the person who gets healed by your current testimony, by what you're going through. I I can't, man, I've talked to so many people who saw someone else go through something that was difficult and they knew their story was connected to their relationship with the Lord and because of their story, they were able to get healed. They got freedom by somebody else's story. And if we can go, wow, man, 
I can, I can be grateful that my story or my current situation or my pain might actually heal somebody else. Man, you're, you've tapped into the richness, the fullness of life when you're able to do this. And this is what happens here in this story. Go back to Acts chapter 16, verse 25. People are watching this story of Paul and Silas unfold. They're there, and, they're, and, they're, and how many you know that as followers of Jesus, people are watching how you're gonna respond to what's going on in your life? I'm just... I'm sorry, that's just the way it goes. And based on how you respond might have a whole lot to do with their openness to the gospel. I'm just telling you how this works. And so I want you to know, here's Paul and Silas. They're getting beaten, flogged. They're allowing it to happen to them. They're they're put in the, 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 the worst part of the prison. They're put in these stocks and everyone's watching this. The people in the prison, the prisoners themselves are watching how they're gonna respond to this. Now look what the word says. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, let's just stop right there. If you had just been falsely thrown into prison and beaten up and put into stocks, would you be singing and, pray and singing some Hillsong tunes? I don't, I don't know if I can definitively say yes, okay? So it's midnight and they're singing. And the other... The other prisoners, what were they doing? They're listening to them. Suddenly there was, a, there was such a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. I wish I could spend some time on that. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. Consider that God might be using your gratitude in this moment, not just to position you, but to actually free others outside of your inner circle. Wow! Your choice to be grateful might be the difference in others getting freedom or remaining in bondage. I'm just saying. How you respond has everything to do with how your neighbor might respond to their situation. You, you may have the, the component. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is the one who sets people free? But man, you might, you might get to play a part in that. So make a choice to be grateful for his possible positioning. Make a choice to be grateful for how God might use the situation for others. 
And then here's the last one. And this, this is the one I want to sit on for just a minute here. And that is, make a choice to be grateful so that it becomes your automatic response in the future. This is good. Friends, we have to work to cultivate this gratitude thing in our lives. It doesn't come easy. We have to practice it over and over to the point that it becomes a habit, to the point that it it naturally flows out of us. And here's the thing. We, We assume that uh, only grateful people do this really good. But that, that's just not the case. It's just, it just, I mean, it's not the case. We all have to work at this. In fact, as I've been studying this passage of Scripture for years, for years, I always struggled to wrap my, my, wrap my mind around how Paul and Silas's feelings of gratitude in that moment caused them to sing and to worship. I always question, like, how did they, how did they, I mean, the, I mean, you, you got to have good feelings, right? You got you to feel really good to be able to do that. And I want to know how when I'm getting beaten up, whether physically or spiritually, I can feel like it. I, I can feel like being grateful, And how many of you know that I've got it all backwards? How many of you know that it's not about feeling something? Take me to coffee and show me in Scripture where the Israelites felt like stuff. Or the apostles, who almost all of them were martyred in the end, felt like kept preaching Jesus. Right? I, I get, I, folks come to me all the time. I don't, I feel, feel, feel. Our culture says feel it. Our culture says the second when your marriage is tanking, it, it doesn't feel good anymore. Just bail. Just get out of it. Culture says when, when the stress gets too overwhelming, when you don't, when you don't know where the money's going to come from to pay the bill, when you, just, just drink yourself to sleep. Pop the pills. When you don't feel in love, hop on Tinder and hop in the sack with somebody that night so you can feel something. This feeling thing is rotting our culture. It's rotting our generations. It's killing Christians because we've been teaching something that's not true. It's not about feeling. Now, how many of you know we serve a good God? And our God loves us so much that he gives us these warm and fuzzies from time to time. And feelings are awesome, but we're not called to feel, we're called to obey. Right? Don't shoot the messenger today. I'm just, that's what, that's what that says, man. I'm not saying I get this right all the time. And as I was reading this again this week, Ash and I were talking through it. And... Paul and Silas must have understood this principle because they were taught it at a very young age. And look at this passage. I want this pat. I'm going to put a passage of scripture on, on the screens today. And someone, get your phone out and screenshot this, okay? Because this, so this is for somebody today. You've walked in here 
and, and you've struggled in this area of gratefulness, thankfulness, generosity, because, because you, you don't feel it, number one, and everything that you feel is it just, it's just all that stuff. But look, look, what, look, what, look what the psalmist wrote. I, and I guarantee you, Paul and Silas would have known this. Put, put that scripture on the screen, my friend. Psalm 119, 61 and 62. This is for you. Write this down. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. Now, let me just stop right there. That word law kind of, kind of, ugh, oh, law, you know? But, but if, if, if we had two hours to unpack what the law was, the law also contained all kinds of promises from God. Uh, promises of protection. Promises of generosity to us. Promise, promises of going before us and fighting our battles. Though the wicked throw me in the stocks, though my adversaries pin me down, I will not forget everything that you've promised me, God. At midnight, let me, let me just make sure I got Paul and Silas. Oh, they, they started at midnight, okay. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. You see, Paul and Silas would have known these scriptures by heart. Their response wasn't just one out of feeling, it was out of obedience to the word of God. And let me, let me, let me go to scripture bef that, that was, um, that's before what we read. Let me just show you what got them into prison. Are you ready for this? Go to verse 16. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you, the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. So back to Chambers Bay, when Ash and I walked that circle, there's some peak hours, especially in the summertime, right? Where the sun's going down, sunset. And you're, you're kind of, it's every man for themselves during that time. Because there's just so many people. And I have this weird thing that I do when like people are like tailing me, like if I'm at the airport, or like on a walk at Chambers, and they're just, why do people do that, by the way? When you're walking, they're just like, right, like, step, and let me tell you, and they're just like in a full-on conversation, I'm just like, ah, just go around, right? My wife, my wife like hates it, but I, every once in a while, I'll just, I'll just kind of do one of these numbers, and I'll be like, yeah, let me take this call real quick, just to, just to kind of have them pass me by, you know, and, and then she starts laughing, she's like, oh, you did the thing where you move out of the way, I'm like, yeah, I just, people, right? And so, so think about, and that's like, that's like 20 seconds, there's this demon-possessed woman who's tailing Paul and Silas while they're trying to do their, their ministry. They're, they're, like, they're like on their way to give their talk. And there's this demon-possessed person. This, these people are, I mean, who knows? And, 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 Paul, and Paul's, they're just, for, it says for many, what was that like two weeks? Was that three? I, I don't know, but, let's, but look what happens here. 
So here she is, she's, she's fallen, and look at this. It says, finally, rightfully so, finally became, finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned around. The next question is, how did he respond? Because I, I think I probably wouldn't, I don't know how I'd respond to this. It probably wouldn't be that positive, okay? But let's just, let's just see how Paul responds to this woman who's annoying him. Look what it says. He, he said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. Now, wait a second. Wait, whoa, whoa, wait. So he's ticked off. He's annoyed. And he, he turns around. He doesn't tell her off, but he actually heals her. Like, like, like think about that. To the point where the demons go, now the men that own this woman, like, they're out of business. They drag Paul and Silas to the, to the judge, and they're like, we're out of business now because these guys are causing chaos in our city, right? So, so, he, so, so Paul and Silas, they do a good thing. They heal this woman, and now they get to be beaten and flogged and put in the prison for it. Friends, Here's the thing, the more that we cultivate, the more we work this muscle of being grateful, the more we pursue good eyes, what happens is it, it becomes habitual. A, a habit is formed. And the more we practice this gratitude thing, what will automatically flow out of our hearts is gratitude. And that gratitude has the power to heal others. It's an amazing thing. Wouldn't that be awesome if, I'm, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, if, man, it'd be awesome if I could just get to a place where like my subconscious response wasn't, get off of me! Right? But rather, right? How can I help you? And that's kind of the end game, is it not? get to a place where we're, we work this muscle of gratitude so well that what just naturally flows out of us is love, is healing for others, the power of Christ inside of us. It's an amazing thing. If we get, get to a place where we make a choice to be grateful so that it becomes our automatic response to the future, everything changes for us. Come on, bow your heads across the side of the Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.